your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle, Empire! Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire. Short week. Uh, happy preemptive Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Um, hopefully you're not uh, planning on watching the Detroit Lions, who uh, I just had their game on while I was cleaning up this room today, and I just thought, like, wow, I'm not a Lions fan, and watching them makes me want to just gouge my eyes out and fill the holes with bleach and then put, like, sand in wherever that is now, and, like, oh, my God, it's just how can... Man, again, not even a Lions fan, and I feel this way about them. Yeah. uh, Oh, this is Andrew Kraszewski. I I don't get it either. I'm from Michigan. I grew up, I've lived here basically my whole life. I had the good fortune that my dad was a baseball guy, so he didn't really push me into Lions fandom. My mom was not terribly interested in sports, but she went more for hockey, so I got the Red Wings and the Tigers as the teams that I actually care about. I have family members who are Lions fans, like my girlfriend's family are mostly Lions fans, and I don't understand how you do it, especially because like in conjunction with the day-to-day life of many Lions fans, which would mean living here in Metro Detroit, and what that involves is generally extensive commutes on really terrible roads, awful winters, like 300 days a year of cloud cover and then how do you spend your weekends like what's the respite you seek from that watching the lions um there's got to be a better way yes and that better way is through college football the big 10 yes which has no bye weeks because no one's got last week of the the last week oh boy i love when we get past the bye weeks just because, you know, now you know everyone's working overtime. And, you know... Blue I collaring finally, it up. Just yep, blue, I like just that. Just uh, all over their collars. Yep, I, I personally like when things are overworked to the point where they're going to break. That's I generally live on the edge. In fact, you know, if my car doesn't break down once on the way to work, then I know that it wasn't giving 100%. Because <laughs> I, it's got to get close to the limit. Okay, and frankly, I get disappointed with my car when it can't give me you know, 10 reps to failure on the way to work. Now you're management material. Uh, so let's get right into it. We have the, really the only week, aside from the first one, where I think Friday football is acceptable for a major college conference. Although, you know, I think the last time we talked about this, I said, I'm okay with one Friday game from the conference a week as long as it's not my team. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? Friday, I mean, I, I guess, yes, they've taken over from... They've largely taken over Friday from, you know, I don't know, not that I ever watch high school on TV or anything, but like, There's not Friday much is for other conferences to yes. play their games. Okay, so actually, I get very disappointed when there's, like, only one game on a Friday night because now they've just trained me to believe that there's just going to be games on Friday night, and they're always... But they're always... They're, they're low stakes. They're low impact on me because they don't involve the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm like, where's, I'm like, where's my trash NC State-Miami game on Friday night? Like, I expect those to be the two teams playing basically every Friday. This Friday is different because it's a holiday. I'm going to be at home all day. And by this point, by that point this week, I will actually be college basketballed out and will need to recharge a little bit because I will have watched pretty much all of Maui. The Battle for Atlanta starts this week. Emerald Coast Classic is this week. 
all the good Thanksgiving tournaments are going to be most of the way done by then. And I'll have watched probably somewhere between 10 and 15 college basketball games between now and the end of the day Thursday. So Someone down here is a little bit dumb and can't figure out that I'm throwing treats onto her little pillow. Oh my goodness, Moon. Look at that late. Poor ball awareness right there. See, she didn't identify any of these elements that we want to see. She, she, that was a very, very poor pre-play read by Moon right there. So anyway, um, it's interesting that we also mentioned that ACC having that increasing habit to go weekday because Louisville made their name in the old CUSA and the old Big East just because they'd play anyone at any time as long as they could get on TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, now they're in the ACC, and do they have to play on Saturdays? No, no. Now the conference that they're in <laughs> plays on weekdays. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> the song like, remains the same. You can take the CUSA out of the Louisville, Louisville out of the CUSA, but you can't take the CUSA out of Louisville. Yep. Uh, I mean, all those letters are in Louisville except C, right? Yeah. So you can't. There's no I in Louisville. 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 So Nebraska plays Iowa. And they, the data on this have aged weirdly. They do, they do. Although we're in a familiar enough position with one of them at least that we can anticipate. I was going to play excellent football because they no longer have anything to play for. Um, eliminated from conference contention, that's when they beat Minnesota. <laughs> However, if they win this game, there's a chance that they could go to a bowl and win a 10th game. So they have plenty of motivation to lose. Or to lose their bowl game. Yeah, the, that is the question. One or the other. Uh, it's got to be eight or nine games. So they're at eight right now. They could be fine. They don't need to win anymore. Could just shut it down. You know, you don't want to get expectations too high because then the fans get all uppity and anxious. But it has also been a few years since they had a peak season. And could you trick an Iowa fan into thinking that 10 wins coming in, you know, the Outback Bowl? Because where else would it come if you're Iowa? is an acceptable substitute for, like, an Orange Bowl or a Rose Bowl? You maybe could. I mean, who... who I can't believe it's not the Orange Bowl. Is, a, is, a, is citrus really that different from a peach? Uh, maybe peach is citrus. I don't know. I'm not a fruit... Fruit fruit expert? Fruitologist? Fruit fruit master? Fruit... Fruitologist? Fruit... Fruit... Fruit handler. Fruit fur. Fruit fur. So, Nebraska is going to try to bring a pass rush. But can they get home without big, giving up big plays? That's been the question all year. Yeah, and last week the you know the answer to that was yeah they their defense worked a lot more seamlessly and effectively than it has so far. The fact that Maryland has not had much of a passing game, but they have a very weak offensive line, certainly helped with that. Iowa, for all their problems on the interior of the line, does still have capable tackles. They do still have a senior quarterback who. Well, I mean, I guess I'll put it this way. Honestly, I mean, he reminds yeah. me of uh, Landry Jones. <laughs> yes. You know, I look at him. I see, I see a Devlin Hodges type. You know, if you you'd have to pop off the face mask so I can see. By the way, is there any stranger thing than a guy in an NFL helmet with no face mask on it? Like that was still that was what I got from the Mason Rudolph thing. Is like looking at him, I'm like, helmets are shaped weird. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's like one of those like. Concealing, you know, like lounge chairs with the overhead hang for your head, you just don't normally notice because the face mask sticks out so far that it gives it a substantially different profile. But you really just do kind of look like a Goomba when you have a helmet with no <laughs> face mask on it. 
uh, especially in the case of Mason Rudolph, who has the strongest my dad has a car dealership energy I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Excellently put. So anyway, uh, Iowa and their Tommy Maddox-type quarterback, um, I, I want to say is probably going to be a more substantial obstacle than Nebraska faced last week. Yes, but so to finish that thought before we get too far sub-sidetracked, sub, um, sub you mentioned Nebraska intending to bring more pressure. What we have learned about Nate Stanley is that even as a senior, a senior at the end of his senior year with a whole ton of football played, if you bring pressure in his face, Nate Stanley's instinct, which he still indulges, is to turn around and run straight backwards. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, and it's he is not escaping either. Like, if you bring enough right in the middle so that you're lined up right, you know, he's got you got him square in the reticle so that he can't like shrug you off because you're coming in at an angle. Then yeah, his instinct is to is to just turn a sack into a twenty yard sack. So it's almost he, like because I mean the problem is that he like. He doesn't have the turning radius to, to to make the turn and go back towards his left. Like he needs to make like a four, like a five point turn. But by the time he by the time he puts it back in drive, the defense has already gotten there. Yeah, he's he's basically he's trying to avoid a sack while also towing a U-Haul. <laughs> Just, uh... So anyway, you know, I mean, that that's the kind of thing that you'll see sometimes when you trot out a Bubby Brister clone at quarterback. Um, the question is, yeah, the question really is, does does Nate Stanley at this point in his career have the instincts of a Charlie Batch to avoid the to avoid the pass rush coming his way and and you know he could potentially do a little more of a Cordell Stewart look, but it might end up going a little more like Joe Gilliam. Have we gotten enough Steelers cuts for you yet? I I'm. I'm in way too deep because I... I can tell you're reaching. I, I can tell you're looking for more. I, you just throw out Branch. I'll just go ahead and do it. No, Matt Millen already said him. Jesus. Oh, that's unbelievable. And look... I really can't even think of more. I'm pretty sure I've already gone through all. This is a touch, touchstone back to our Lions conversation earlier. Oh, David Woodley. There we go. Um, Big no, David Woodley energy. The continuing crime that Fox commits against fans of football in the state of Michigan by putting Matt Millen back on our TVs is frankly something I think the people this that I'm I'm a little disappointed the attorney general hasn't brought up charges to the Hague because as much as I don't give a damn about the Lions, awful lot of people in the state are triggered every time he's on TV. Yeah, that is true. Um what else is true is that Nathan Stanley um really he could go out like, you know, he, he could go out like what we're talking about, like as the ultimate embodiment of Iowa, or he could go out kind of like Dennis Dixon. I, I may have looked that one up, but, but I also, I also remembered, uh, very, I well, you know, it's e- easy thing to, very similar play styles. Cole, um, no, not Cole, Cliff Stout. I'll take your word for it. Was he... Didn't, is he the guy? Did he have the kid who played for Clemson? Is that yes. where? Okay. All right. I was going to say, I know that name. Where do I know that name? All right. Well, we're far enough down. I think everyone will will forget at this point that we really haven't talked much about Nebraska-Iowa because, again, Nebraska's fighting for their bowl life. Is that really a goal that motivates guys at a proud program like Nebraska with an obviously proud coach? 
Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. You know the crowd's going to be there. I mean, if you're going to... If you're going to host a game over Thanksgiving weekend and expect a crowd to show up, Nebraska is one of the places where you can expect a full building. So there is that. And they're a substantially better team at home. I'd still favor Iowa in this game. And let's actually, let me take a look at the line. So let's open at Iowa minus three. I don't, I'd <laughs> jump on that, wouldn't you? I would. I mean, because the thing is, I, I was going to say this might be closer than conventional wisdom would dictate. But but that, that close? Not I mean, that close. No, yeah, I... Is, I is this really like it, it feels like everybody's just saying, yeah, you know what? Those preseason expectations for Nebraska were justified because they didn't get like completely housed by Wisconsin and they beat Maryland pretty good. No, they definitely weren't. Um, or this is just a big public team where their fans are looking for a reason to throw money. Yeah, in last I think week. That's and last week gave on. them that justification. So because I mean, I, I just, you know, I. I don't know. I don't believe that they're going to have that much success. I mean, they could have more success doing what Illinois tried to do: go side to side, wear them out. But they're very. I mean, Iowa's got the depth to deal with that. And you know, on defense, I just don't know what they can possibly do against a quarterback that brings big Dick Shiner energy to the table. You made that one up. I don't believe that. Nineteen sixty-eight to sixty-nine. Nice. <laughs> Earl Morrill. Huh, okay, so yeah, uh, Iowa clearly the Earl Morrill majority here. Um, anyway, Earl Morrill was incredible, man. Um, all right, so let's move on to the game. I'm very eager to talk about my Michigan State Spartans hosting our hated blood rival, Maryland. We've always been at war with Maryland. Why do we have to play Maryland? On because day? both of you just want to talk about basketball at this point. Oh, I'm super on board with that. I mean, in that case. If, if we just want to... Why don't they just play a basketball game? I'd be down. Yeah, I'm sure they would too. Uh, boy, well, I, for one thing, I'm I'm pretty sure the team isn't going to be back from Maui at that point. Or I get, well, no, wait. The, that tournament's over Wednesday, so they probably would be. But anyway, um, yeah. Whole lot at stake for Michigan State. A win in this game gets you that coveted 13th bowl game in the tropical destination of probably Detroit. Um boy they, look they got things back on track against Rutgers as as much as I hate this is true getting to a bowl actually is pretty important because of how many kids they're playing not that that should be the situation in year 13 of a coaching staff but it is so there's gonna be if they're in Detroit there's gonna be like outside of the family and stuff like 25 Michigan State fans and then like 5,000 spiteful Michigan fans uh, maybe, but this game is usually the day after Christmas, and I don't know that... I mean, look, there will be, yeah, there will be plenty of guys who show up wearing that stupid Michigan hat because those people go everywhere. Um, they want, There are plenty of Michigan fans at every state game I've ever been to, and most of those games we have not been playing Michigan. But, you know, they don't care about us. Re-two-picked. Right. So, <laughs> um, I, look... Is there a way that Maryland wins this game? Yeah, sure there is. But what's the what's the pregame speech like in Maryland's locker room before this game? Hey, we're here in East Lansing. It's probably going to be snowing, by the way. Um, you know, half the rosters from the East Coast or southwards um, of DC. So, what is their motivation to try to win their fourth game of the season in the last week? Pretend they're Texas. 
just draw little longhorns on on all the practice dummies all week. I get like that's how they've gotten them up in the past. I guess that there's something to that. Uh boy. Really, the only, the only the thing that makes me feel most confident about this game in terms of Michigan State win is when Maryland has functioned. It's because their run game works, and MSU is still good <laughs> against the run. Yeah. So if you even even when they've lost horrendously, they've still <laughs> shut down the run. Most of the time, yeah. I mean, Ohio State definitely racked up some yardage against them late. Wisconsin, same thing. But um, it was hard-won rushing yards. They had to work for that, at least. But Maryland certainly doesn't have that kind of pop. And you know, their run game, when it works, is still a lot of big plays. Um, the way to beat MSU is just by throwing a ball. And Maryland hasn't shown really any ability to do that unless their run game is working so well that everybody is within three yards of the line of scrimmage. Where is that token, like, first-team all-NFL caliber receiver that just, like, we have no idea why he plays for Maryland right now? And Probably would have been Deshaun, Deshaun Jones, but he's yeah. been hurt all year. They're, they always seem to have one of those, especially when they're really bad. Yeah. Not this time, though. Um, Stephon Diggs ain't walking through the store, so... I'm tentatively planning to attend this. I bought the tickets at the beginning of the season for six dollars each. Wow. I, I I way overpaid. <laughs> Jeez, like I can't imagine the stadium is going to be more than half full. Uh, boy, I really should have found something better to do with this day. But got the tickets. I may as well go. I like a snow game here and there. Well, uh, I don't know if I didn't if I didn't have plans, I'd probably try and join you. Just. For, uh, no, have have plans. Do something else. Uh, my plans involve watching football. Yeah. But they involve watching football inside. Probably going to be a good choice. I mean, look, all I'm hoping for is that it's cold enough that the precipitation is actually snow. I can deal with sitting outside in the snow. What I'm not going to do, and the, again, still one of the main reasons I didn't want to go to the game with you is because there was the chance that I'd be sitting outside in cold-ass rain. Yeah, you know what? I am with you on that. I greatly prefer to be snowed on than to be cold rained on. Yeah. So, speaking of cold rain, Penn State versus Rutgers. I, that's not actually relevant. I have no idea what the forecast is going to be. No, well, I mean, misery. That, I think, is what the common thread was. Yeah, so this is a Penn State team that knows they're not going to the conference title game, is out of the playoff picture. The most important goal that they just had, they've failed to achieve. Yeah, and so they're playing out the string. But look, playing out the string for Penn State still probably means a Rose Bowl uh, if they win this game. It's a 41-point spread. There's no reason this game should be close. Rutgers has played Penn State tough a couple times in the recent past when we thought that it would also be a blowout, though. Um, the final scores have sometimes not reflected that, but would it be the weirdest thing in the world for Rutgers? And what's definitely going to be Nunzio Campanile's last game as their coach. Big Nunzio kickoff! <laughs> Is it a noon kickoff? Hold on. No, it's a 3.30 kickoff! Oh, oh man. man. Never... I really wanted Big Nunzio Campanile off. How did we not pick up on that earlier? He's been the coach for like seven <laughs> games now. Oh, man. That is just a bad job by us. We got to do better on the film. We're going to get that corrected. We're going to come out. The next opportunity we have, we're going to really, you know, this is you know, those are things in our program work. that we're trying to get cleaned up. We're, we're, we're making progress every day. Uh, progress doesn't always show on the field, but we're, we're making progress towards getting these issues cleaned up. 
So we apologize to you for failing for however many weeks he's been the coach to demand Big Nunzio kickoff. Speaking of Rutgers coaches, you know who's apparently not going to be the Rutgers head coach? Greg Schiano. The psycho who took Ohio State's defensive talent and got dunked on by Iowa two years ago. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't he also the guy that uh, took Ohio State's insane defensive talent and got dunked on by Purdue last year? Right. Uh, the same guy who was too crazy for the NFL. Um, look, the, you mean? Do you mean rush the victory formation guy? Rush the victory formation. Do you mean guy that made the shotgun victory formation a thing briefly in yeah. the NFL? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy is the guy who, according to our intrepid Rutgers correspondent chiming in in the Slack, Rutgers fans are burning their gear over the school not hiring this guy. And look, it's not look. It's not like they just decided we're not going to bother attempting to hire him. They offered him four million dollars a year. This is a dude that got Eli Manning like angry at him, and it was legitimate. Yeah, e- Eli Manning, who has the emotional variance and intensity of your average kitchen sponge. Eli Manning seemed very focused and angry, which is imagine getting imagine making Eli Manning focus. Like, just think about what about what an incredible prick you have to be to make that happen and that's the guy that they want back as their coach look i understand we've all had that relationship where we think back and it's like oh man that should have been the one what if we what if i just call him up god you remember what are they doing right now man i just i i'll never forget the way that it felt like you know this moment here was like gonna be a moment that we looked back on and remembered you know for the rest of our lives as we you know, as we uh, we grew old together, um, I'll never forget that feeling, man. I wonder if, wonder if she still thinks about me that way. It's uh, well, you know what? I have had a long ass day of getting shut out on the road, and I've been drinking a bunch. Let's fire you up, up, Greg. Let's fire. Let's fire up the direct message. Slide right into that DM, and. Try to recreate something that is never going to happen again. Never. Trying never. hard to recreate what had yet to be created. Well, not quite, but... <laughs> right. So, if he had taken... So, look. It, it, $4 million a year, which would is commensurate, by the way, with what P.J. Fleck is making, wasn't enough for this guy. He just won 10 games at Minnesota, and... He, He's got one more to play. Two more to play. Maybe three more. No, three more maybe to play. Yeah. And 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 there's this belief in with some of you Rutgers fans that the school didn't make him a serious offer. What the actual fuck is the matter with you people? What has Greg Schiano done since he left Rutgers that makes you think bringing him back is a bad idea? There's there's no idea. way. There's no way. The, I mean, the ceiling with bringing him back would be what... UConn is getting with Randy Edsel right now. I just, I can't believe, like, does Rutgers necessarily have dramatically better options? Not on paper, no. You're, you're going to have to take a chance with either a lower tier head coach or another hotshot coordinator. You probably shouldn't go the coordinator route again, by the way. I understand why you'd be reluctant to put your hand on that particular burner again. But to suggest that he's the best and only option, that there's nobody else who can run this program correctly, is just not correct. Matt Rule is a Jersey guy. Joe Moorhead is a Jersey guy. There's tons of other group of five coaches. Lance Leopold is out there. 
Yeah, you could try Lance Leopold. You could make a take a shot at Luke Fickle. Uh, I mean, there's <laughs> Jay Norvell or Mike Norvell, Jay Norvell, yeah. either Norvell. Uh, you want to get crazy? See how much money it takes Billy Napier to leave the South. Yeah, or or hire is it Suras or Sirachi, the guy? Sur- Prince- yeah, the Princeton head coach. Yes, there are there are so many options there's- that could work out better. And look, you may have to think outside the box a little bit to find the good candidate, but. I, I'm so convinced that Al Bolden was pretty work. successful at Temple. Yeah, he was. And honestly, like the only reason he didn't work at Miami is because I'm starting to think nobody's going to work at Miami. Miami is a special case. So I don't think like Shiano would not have been on my top ten list of candidates. That I made hire. a list and I put him at number forty-four. Forty-four. I thought of forty-three guys I would take before Greg Shiano. Yeah. So I get that you had a good time with him. If you think that the situation Rutgers is in now is in any way comparable to the disintegrating Big East of the mid-aughts, you keep living in that fantasy world, man. Keep telling yourself what our Rutgers correspondent Ray does, that once you get the full revenue share, you're going to be on exactly even footing and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, keep, this is, keep, in other words, deluding yourself. This is the Big Ten. Greg Schiano coached in the Big Ten over the last couple of years. How'd that go? With a decisive talent advantage and... I mean, and he was regularly embarrassed. He was. Yeah. I mean, how how could you look at the results he had in this conference and think what, that this was going to work? What players on Ohio State came in and replaced last year's players on defense? Any? Well, I mean, Nick Bosa is gone now, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you lost like a top five draft pick. Yeah, but again, he was hurt most of last year. Yeah, so Chase Young was playing. Yeah, so it no. This is a lot of the same pieces, in other words, and they are so dramatically better without Greg Schiano getting in the way. It's just, it's hard to I just like that's that's absolute blindness. That is choosing to believe what you want to believe, which is not uncommon. I know that you like your Springsteen, but why don't you give some Garth Brooks a listen? He has a song about thanking God for unanswered prayers, <laughs> which is something that you should absolutely do right now because I just. It, it just seemed like such a boondoggle. Um, I mean, God, all of the story... Like, Greg Schiano was publicly embarrassed as the Tampa Bay head coach, and he had all of the stories. I mean, Lovey Smith was also fired as the Tampa Bay head coach. Did you hear any stories about how players couldn't take him seriously and nobody respected him anymore? No. And look, if you want to say there's a difference between the NFL and college, okay, fine. Again... Look at the tape of his defenses from Ohio State, and then look at the tape of what their defense was as soon as he left. That's the that's the only evidence you should need. This you is want- a lot of time we're spending on Rutgers because we want to impress it upon you that you did not lose out on anything here. If anything, I think you gained. You dodged a, a massive got, bullet. And you know what? Now you don't have to worry about what it would have been like. Oh. Yeah, but is this higher better than Shiano would have been? Well, look, you gave it a shot, and Shiano was not going to to meet very, very, very reasonable, you know, demands from you. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is the thing where you wake up the next morning, see that you did not, in fact, send that text, and you you come out better for it. Uh, let's talk about something I know you want to talk about. Haberdashery! Yes, sir. The hat is on the line, and no one's going to be there because it's that 
Saturday after Thanksgiving game in Champaign where that, that didn't exist before 2012 and nobody ever goes. Uh, it's doubtful Brandon Peters plays because, of course, he got lit up by Geno Stone at the end of the game and has a problem, has has a recent history of head injuries this year. I hope he plays, but this would be a problem because uh, they also rolled up Matt Robinson late. But Isaiah Williams has two games left on his red shirt. He could play. Why not give him a spin? Um, we don't need to win this game to go to a bowl. It's amazing. Yeah, a little bit of house money, but you want the hat. I mean, oh, you, yeah. You I'd want... rather beat Northwestern than win the bowl. And I think the team and the coaching staff would, too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. I mean, based on how they were talking about the Iowa game, I'm sure they're also real pissed off about Pat Fitzgerald resting his starters last year. Sure. So, look, I mean... <laughs> What what an era we live in where Illinois football can contemplate running up the score on a hated rival. I mean, that's something that would be in play because I don't know how Northwestern sorts out their quarterback situation. I don't know if Hunter Johnson's injury, I didn't see it, if it was an actual injury or a you don't look right, let's get you out of this game injury. Um, but either way, from Northwestern's perspective, there's no reason to play him. Why would you play Hunter Johnson and risk aggravating or re-injuring whatever is ailing him right now when so much of your short of your intermediate term future relies on him being healthy and excellent yep so let's let's see what your third or fourth stringer uh just repeatedly smash himself into Oluwale Batiku and Jamal Milan uh like Johnny Langan did um Batiku didn't play that game though but I don't know. It'd be be pretty cool if they if they ran up the score emphatically. Maybe put in uh, put in some fourth string walk on that was that was on the team for like reasons that kind of related to he's like a local dude and we kind of feel sorry for him. I'm still really mad about 2012. Um, pretty mad about a lot of things that Pat Fitzgerald has done in these games. Uh, to be perfectly honest, but you that know the opportunity. Illinois yeah. favored by eight and a half. On the other hand, Illinois doesn't have the luxury of overlooking Northwestern, especially given how Iowa-esque their defense well, it's, is. It's the last game of the season. How are you going to overlook the only team on the schedule? <laughs> like you, I would think they've got your full attention. Um, Illinois could easily lose this with too many mistakes. Well, you could say that about any team in any game, though. I mean, if you're, if you're minus two or three in the turnover margin, yeah, whatever. But look, Northwestern's been the team that has had the inept offense for most of this year. I mean... That's such a loud bag. It is. Ooh, I am making Moon very, very happy. Moon, oh my goodness. Moon's eyes are extremely wide, and she is just absolutely munching everything to pieces. My goodness, I really, really hope the Illini takes some cues from you. You are such a good dog. Speaking of munching to pieces, this production of Off Talk Empire is brought to you by this product and or service. Now that you've had a chance to get your heart rate back to normal from the heart-pounding haberdashery preview that we have. Bucket! I also want to mention that Illinois has a shot for seven wins in the regular season for the first time, or not for the first time since since 2007, and the fourth time in 25 years. We truly live in heady times, such as Nine Windiana still being possible! Yeah, and, uh... I'm sure the mood of the Indiana program has been a little bit flattened out by having opportunities against Penn State and Michigan the last two weeks and you know not, not being able to land either of those games. I know that 
for some reason, at least with our Indiana Contributor Candy Stripes, that knocking off one of those big time programs and breaking, in the case of Michigan, a truly absurd streak of losing. Um, I thought you were going to say glass ceiling because it, it, it honestly, it looks incredibly like a glass ceiling. They just cannot. Yeah. Because, uh, and I understand what that feeling is about. Because look, long term, does Indiana ever aspire to anything more than scratching out a bowl every few years if they can't ever beat Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State? If it's rare for them to beat Michigan State, no, their ceiling is very well defined. If they don't find a way to get past those programs, but it is fair to say that. Again, you were missing a couple of important guys last week. Michigan is hitting a stride and is definitely still a much more talented team than you. I wouldn't worry too much about that. And focus on the present. Focus on the now and the reality, which is that you can't miss a bowl as a result of this loss. You can send Purdue off with really nothing to show for their season. Because aside from playing tough after sustaining a bunch of injuries... They beat Nebraska and Northwestern. Whoopty shit. Yeah, what is Purdue really talking about in their spring meetings about what they did so well this season? I mean, if you deprive them of the bucket, you have taken the only thing left they have to be happy about, really. Well, we might not have thrown the ball very well in the rain, but we sure did throw it a lot. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so on the other hand, this is the bucket. I love this game because both of these teams like care so much most of the time, this game, in my opinion, is better than Michigan-Ohio State. Better than the Iron Bowl because, for one thing, you don't have to worry about overhyped, overwrought national narratives descending and What does this mean this. for the playoff? Who gives a shit? This is just a football game between two teams that hate each other, two fan bases that care about this more than anything and else. And have generally been bad lately to the point where that this has been. I mean, there are... Players on each roster that know a time when this was the only game that could possibly have mattered. I know that they say that about Michigan-Ohio State, but it's not true. No, Other because, games matter. Especially because in Ohio State's case, they're usually they're in the national title picture every year. Do you but, really care that much about beating Michigan? I mean, it's a necessary step, but it's one of 12 on the way to your actual goal. There's players on Purdue and Indiana that know a time when this was the only game that could possibly impart any significance to the season. Okay, and I think that that counts for an awful lot in this game. So I'm I'm really excited for this one. Actually, yeah, that's it. This game and like the the one that I compare it to is the Egg Bowl between the Mississippi schools. Yeah. You get that similar intent. I mean, they've had games in the past where they've played that and it's had big stakes, like the first year of the playoff. Um, although by then they were both out of that picture, but leg, leg. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this game is always a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's really the fact that I have to miss games like this is is really the biggest hesitation I have in even going to the game I'm going to this week. But it should be excellent. It usually is. This is, I mean, how often is it that Indiana is in this kind of position where they don't need a win to go to a bowl? In, Indiana <laughs> is playing Purdue. with house money. I don't think they see it that way, though. I mean, no. it, I mean, really. Even getting to eight wins in a season would be a substantial accomplishment, but nine Indiana is not like I know it was a fun little internet thing at first, but is that it was, not a? It, it was based on something. Yeah, and that's a watershed. It's based on the possibility of a watershed moment for this program. Um, so getting there, I think, has some meaning, and you know, 
If you want to talk about seven and six, would be a little disappointing from yes, what, seven given, and two. Given yes, that would that would certainly be the case. Like, and it's incredible to say that seven and six would be disappointing for Indiana. Yeah, but given where they stood, I think it's fair to say that that would be disappointing. Right. So if, if you want to, I mean, that's again another feather in the cap of Tom Allen's program. One of the lesser commented upon coaches in the country probably because it's not like they've had a high visibility breakthrough yet but they well, they were ranked earlier this season well i mean here's another thing that i think you know has got to be motivating indiana here is that all they've heard about the last two years is how great jeff brahm is <laughs> true it's like nobody talks about tom allen in the same sense that we talk about brahm and fleck and frost uh he just doesn't get that he doesn't have that kind of sizzle he's just a guy who inherited the program when Kevin Wilson turned out to be an intolerable person? Like that's he, he basically yeah he got the program because his brother you know not his brother his former boss basically flipped his own car like that's how he came to it yeah ended up being a shitty uh, a shitty dude uh, which is fine for Ohio State but not Indiana there's some standards there yeah yeah which again is you know speaking of Ohio State we'll talk then about the other game. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Oh, no, 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 a game. Yeah, a game. So we say that, of course, because uh, the result of this game is meaningless. Michigan could win by a hundred points, and you're not going to Indianapolis. You're not going to the playoff. So I don't think that's entirely fair, because man, I think people would. What's oh. the Michigan fan equivalent of riot in the streets? Is it like? I don't know, like... Um, oh, it's go down to M-Den and buy another 100 bucks worth of merch. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. Michigan winning this game, the hype train... For, if you thought it was bad and unfounded this year, uh, w- if Michigan fans would be infuriated if they weren't ranked number one going into next It's going to be 2016 levels. Yeah. It's, it's going to be truly... Uh, which, honestly, it, it, it pains me in a way to rely so much on Ohio State to just keep the media around here in check, but it's necessary. It's a vital part of my sports equilibrium that there be some kind of check on the insanity that these people would otherwise engage in. I mean, that's literally what an apex predator does. Yeah, yeah. That's, we need... We need <laughs> Can you imagine being an Ohio State fan? Just like, you, you gotta stroke it to this podcast a few times. What else can we say about your goddamn team? Your your players are incredible. You, you you have the most resources. What do you want? You want to crown them? Crown their ass. <laughs> right. Because you let them. Because everyone else lets them off the hook, with the exception of Iowa and Purdue. Don't forget those games. Um, all right, you know, so. a lot of people do forget that, though. People forget fifty five twenty four. So, in terms of substance on the field, Michigan ain't winning this. No. No, it would require a substantial lapse in both focus and performance. They don't have Greg Schiano as the defensive coordinator anymore. Yeah, so, so, it's not- so their defense is actually going to work. Um, but look, I mean, Michigan has hit a bit of a role here recently. Is it fair to say that the deep ball to Nico Collins is one of the hardest things to defend in college offense? Yeah, it is. Is it going to be enough to beat Ohio State when I don't think Michigan's going to run the ball effectively in this game? And Ohio State has the athletes to square up with receivers like Michigan's. What I wonder is, when they don't meet with any success running the ball, will they throw the ball, or will they continue to be all like, 
I mean, I think I'm worried that Harbaugh gets real nervous in this game and is like, no, 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 no. We got to establish the run. That's what it's what you do when you're a, f- a football team that is to be taken seriously. We got to keep trying to run the ball. I don't know. I mean, there's been less of that tendency recently. Uh, but, well, but again, if you want to talk about matchups, Chase Young, who through just a true classic story of overcoming adversity, served a conveniently timed suspension against the two worst teams on Ohio State's schedule. It had to just kill him to see his team out there getting 21 points put up on them by Rutgers and just knowing that he couldn't do anything about it. They comes back just in time for the Penn State game. Breaks Ohio State's single game, single season sack record in nine games, by the way. Uh, and now, I have to think at least some of the time, he's going to be going against a redshirt freshman right tackle and Jalen Mayfield, who's been okay this year. I mean, he's been, he's been a non-visible tackle, which I think is what you want from a redshirt freshman. He ain't seen a Chase Young yet. Nope. Penn State's guys are, are good. They're fine. None of them are Chase Young. Yeah, and in order to get the deep ball off. You, you got to have time to run it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got to run down there without Shea Patterson getting flattened. So we'll see. Um, strange, again, we've said this before. Stranger things have happened, but this would be one of the stranger things so far. Do you want to talk about the game? Yeah, the game that actually matters in the conference. The game! Axe, 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 axe. Yes, the game that actually matters in the conference this season. West Division title game. Actually, let me ask, the... Let me ask you a question. Um, who do you got in this game? Let's get right to the point. Man, I got to feel like Minnesota is the favorite. Just because this is at Minnesota, I mean, I know they won on the road last year, uh, which was a bit unexpected. But, man, the way that things are going, I just see Wisconsin having a hard time going there and getting the win. Yeah, and it's... Um, so the line here is actually Wisconsin minus four. Um, I think there continues to be something of an underestimation of Minnesota this this year. They re- I, I, I liked how they rebounded last week. And granted, Northwestern is not a whole lot of a test. But first of all, Tanner Morgan played without limitation last week, which was a big thing with him coming out of the concussion protocol with apparently no lingering effects. Um their passing game has been... I mean, they, honestly, on paper, these are two incredibly efficient passing games. Yeah. Part of that is because their run games are so good that neither of them has to do much on, in obvious passing situations. And also because, and also, what's impressive about Minnesota against Northwestern is that you see you know, good teams look ahead to their most important game all the time. Wisconsin! Yeah, and that's, <laughs> again... If we want, so you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when we discussed Minnesota versus Penn State. I felt that the edge in that game went to Minnesota because of the head coach. As much as his personality still rankles and I don't necessarily care for him, PJ Fleck is, I mean, what can you name, like, think back and what is the most obvious salient instance of Paul Christ out coaching an opponent? Do you recall any such thing? And maybe... Jim Harbaugh. Well, sure. And so that's happened, but that Wisconsin-Michigan game earlier this year. 
what did Wisconsin do that was the result of a, of a superior strategic approach that wasn't just their offensive line mashing Michigan's defense? I mean... Well, what did they really do that was the result of superior scheming? I don't know that there was anything, is my point. Basically, he'd set autopilot and then didn't immediately grab the flight controls and just start yanking them all over the place. Right, and in that game, that was enough. I don't think it is in this game, though. I think there's something about this game that tells me Fleck has a little bit of an edge. I don't know how exactly to define what that is. Um... Yeah, other than, look, this Minnesota team has a little bit of a feel of a team of destiny about it, does it not? Yeah. Of course, for that reason... Also hosting game day for the first time ever. Yeah. For that reason, like, that compels everything in me to pick Wisconsin because, like, you know... Because of exactly how jaded you are about things working out for anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it would look, it would be... Okay, so... I watch the NCAA tournament just about every year. I know how this shit goes. Right, Duke loses in the Elite Eight and everybody's happy about it. That's the only thing that matters. Don't talk, don't ask about anything else. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a good game. And again, I, I'm i really thinking about just blowing off the game that I'm actually attending, but um, I've already made arrangements to go with other people, so I suppose I can't do that. Is that a, is that a big nude kickoff? Which? The one in Michigan State. No, 3.30. Oh, no! Yeah, I'm going to be sitting there in the dark watching that crap instead of X, you know. So these are the decisions we make. Let's talk nationwide. You know about the Iron Bowl. It's going to be it's <laughs> lower stakes than it usually is because SEC West has already decided, and it's not Bama who's going. Um, <clears throat> I suppose you could say if Auburn would just do us a favor and win this game, we don't have to hear from... Feinbaum and company all week about how Alabama is actually one of the four best teams in the country. No, don't look at that loss. Don't look at it. Um, that would end that conversation. I don't think it's likely to happen. Um, South Carolina gets the last shot at harpooning Clemson before they go off to the conference title game. Does Is there any chance that if somehow Clemson loses this game, they still make the field? No. Which is weird. It's so strange because... The last few years, they've been every bit as dominant, more dominant than Bama has been, but they don't seem to get this kind of preferential treatment. Because there's just nobody else to oppose them because Notre Dame keeps somehow ducking them in scheduling, so they never... Not that Notre Dame is a real team, but they never play anybody that even seems to be a real team with the collapse of well, with the collapse of Florida State. Um, Virginia Tech's been disappointing relative to what we thought they'd be. I mean, Miami. <laughs> yeah, it just like there's there they look about them and see only ruin. There are no worthy yeah, challenges. Clemson. Well, I mean, and that's just the thing. Clemson has just Clemson has basically mathematically solved the ACC. So, <laughs> what else is there now? What do they just like take like some kind of like a metaphysical form where like now they they just don't even enter themselves. Did they just try to switch places with Notre Dame and become like independent and like you know friends no. with benefits with the ACC? And then... I'll tell you, I don't think you actually want to know the answer to this question. Uh, the answer to what happens next is Staben retires and Dabo leaves for Bama. Yeah, that's how this story ends. Yep. You asked what was next, man. I told you not to, but you did. So, does Jimbo go to Clemson? Does Clemson want Jimbo? I, Who knows? I don't know. Um, boy. 
Well, Any, anyway, anything else nationally that interests you this week? I don't particularly care if Bama is one of the best four teams in the country because the 2010 San Diego Chargers were by many measures the best team in the NFL. They didn't make the playoffs because they didn't win enough games. Maybe yeah. if you were so good, Bama, you shouldn't have allowed 46 points. Just a thought. South Carolina has a top five win already. Sure. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, Georgia has been maybe one of the less impressive presumptive playoff candidates so far this year, fair to say, for, team, for a team that's hovered in the top six to eight all season. Um, they've you know, underperformed, understandably so. I mean, they're really young at a couple of key spots, but I thought they'd be a lot better this year, which is maybe unfair to say about a one-loss SEC team going into the last week of the season, but... Uh, well, I mean, to say that Georgia is impressive is to take as gospel that Auburn should probably be top, like, like top eight, even with all their losses, sure. is to take as gospel that Florida could beat the entire Big Ten. You know what I mean? It, it, it's to, you basically have to be up to date on the entire ESPN cinematic universe to accept that Georgia really, really has the, a very solid case to that spot with that. That's the worst loss of anyone in the top 10. By a mile. By yeah. miles and miles. That's a 4-7 and seven team, okay? Like, Iowa was Iowa, and Purdue went to a bowl last year. The teams that beat Ohio State, yeah, they didn't... I mean, yeah, they beat Ohio State by a lot more, but Jesus, South Carolina... South Carolina recently had a thing where one of their staffers was fired... Uh, after allegedly fighting a man dressed as Will Muschamp holding a giant buyout check for Halloween. <laughs> okay? That's the kind of shit that's happening in South Carolina all, this year. And that's who you lost to, Georgia. First of all, legendary Halloween costume. <laughs> 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 yeah. So anyway, we, look, enough said about that. The, the question, of course, there is, if something weird happens in, what do you even call the South Carolina Clemson game? Does that have a specific name? It's <laughs> Okay, that. Um, don't do that sound again, please. So, the, the that. God, that's so loud. That's going to be clippy as hell. Um, I hate doing that, I'm trying. You say, did you see NASCAR? Was that, did I hear the word NASCAR in there? NASCAR. Okay. When I'm racing days. Okay. Uh, what about Bedlam? Can we talk about Bedlam? Yeah, we can talk about Bedlam. All right, talk about Bedlam. This, honestly, this game has a very fitting name because um, some really ridiculous things happen in this one. Um, sometimes Oklahoma wins by a lot, and sometimes Oklahoma wins by a little. Yeah, that's true. But it's always pretty fun to watch. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> Oklahoma yeah. generally wins this game. But, right. like... Man, I... This isn't, well, this isn't a vintage Oklahoma State team that's challenging them, though. I mean, we're not talking Oh, yeah, about... because they've got a running game. Well, there's that, but... But they don't have a quarterback... That's, they don't have a quarterback. Tylen Wallace has been hurt for a while. I don't think he's coming back. Um, yeah. So, I mean, on paper, this would be an interesting game, but... Yeah, Oklahoma's been vulnerable. They, uh, yes. I mean, their, their apparent... Baylor had him on the ropes. Right. Their apparent defensive renovation has kind of fallen, fallen by the wayside a little bit. Um, you were interested in Apple Cup. I don't see the interest this year. Man, I don't know. I mean... It, it, it's it's one of those games. It's a rivalry game. It's again Washington trying desperately to prove that they still belong. Um, they've got quarterbacks that can sling it, 
and the pass defense hasn't looked particularly good. Uh, did you happen to see LaVisca Chenault just like phase through that Washington defender for a touchdown catch? I did not. This is pretty. It was pretty nutty. Um, I don't know. I think that one should be pretty interesting. But there's a lot of games this weekend that are going to be pretty interesting uh, that are going to set up championship games. So how about this? We're going to talk about championship game scenarios for every conference. Some of them are pretty simple. The MAC. Okay, Miami of Ohio has already clinched their division, and they will play a directional Michigan. Will it be the Western or the Central? Central is like a terror. It's the opposite of directional. Isn't it the absence of directional? <laughs> I get your point, though, and I, I don't dispute it. So, yep, one of two possible scenarios there. Sunbelt, the matchup is set, correct? Uh, yes, I believe it is. Okay, so it's Western against Northern Illinois this weekend, and then um, Central against Toledo. So, that's going to be interesting. See how that shakes out. Anyway, that's that's going to be our game that we're reporting on. The Sun Belt is already set. It is App State versus Louisiana, which uh, that was a game that already did get played, and App State won, but they uh, were by far the most effective conference defense against App State's high-powered offense. Yeah. And Billy Napier is a hot prospect in the coaching search market. Uh, Just, you know, throwing that out there for any schools in search of an actual good coach to get them out of a out of a, and honestly, a rut, you know. Out of a rut that you might be in. Shut <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> so, honestly, though, App State's coach, I know he's a first-year coach, but he's a guy whose name I actually saw on some hot, on some, you know, coaching prospects lists before yeah. he took the, because he's, he's been a power five offensive coordinator, Eli Drinkwitz. He's, and that's not, also, gonna, he's not gonna be there long. No, he is not. Uh, CUSA, we're bad, we're nationwide. FAU has the inside track for the conference division. I don't know. But I'm the, pretty sure it's West East. But the state division is <laughs> is a classic standoff amongst UAB, LaTeX, and Southern Miss. What's crazy is that one of those head-to-head games is Southern Miss 37, UAB 2. It's yeah, bizarre because yeah. UAB has otherwise looked good. So, Conference USA is chaos. The Mountain West is set as Boise won the Mountain West Mountain and Hawaii won the Mountain West West. Hawaii tried diligently in this regular season matchup, but just... Yeah, I mean, this feels like... This feels a a bit like a go-through-the-motions game. Boise's been the best team in the conference by head and shoulders for pretty much the whole season. Yeah, I don't know if the Rainbow Warriors have what it takes to compete with the incredibly pissed off horses. Yeah, where did where does the Mountain West play their title game? I think that it might actually be a not a neutral site, so I think it's going to be at the oh, Smurf Turf. Okay, well in that case, which yeah, it's going to be a problem. Oh. Yeah, that is one. That is the most pissed off horse I've ever seen in a sports logo. That thing is. Fucking is furious! Going to bite your hand off when you offer it a sugar cube. I I wonder what in the hell happened to it. So the the American Cincinnati has clinched uh, its division. The other division is either Memphis or Navy, but Memphis plays Cincinnati, and Navy plays Houston. Yep. <laughs> which you know, as Wild we all card, remember, which is ca- yeah, cashed in two months ago. <laughs> so yeah. uh, 
it presumably interesting. presumably inside track for Navy there, but Memphis is absolutely good enough to just beat Cincinnati and then turn around and play beat them again. Cincinnati, yeah. Good, yeah. Um, That'll be really interesting to see what happens if uh, I mean either of those things are pretty good because we've been these are good matchups. We've been talking about these uh, about these teams because they're 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 good and in several cases they're fun to watch and they all play. What's funny is SMU is kind of the outsider. They got eliminated by losing head to head to Memphis and Navy. Yeah, but all four of those teams competing up at the top there, they all play totally different styles. Right, it's pretty cool actually. The Americans been fun. Rutgers, you never should have left. Yeah, although you being there would make it less fun. Oh, so yeah. maybe, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should have just gone to, go... to like Conference USA where you belong. Like, you know, screw around with the third tier Florida schools and maybe you would have, yeah, maybe it would have been something there. The ACC is going to be Clemson slaughtering the winner of Virginia versus Virginia Tech. Yep. So similar to the Axe game, ACC has. A division title game and what's probably going to be a ritual sacrifice after that. That UVA Vatech game, that's 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 pretty cool because I think last year um, that one kind of came down to the wire, but Virginia not before Virginia Tech fans cashed in and left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but this should still be fun. The Big Twelve is already said it's Oklahoma versus Baylor. Their title game is very weird, and they made it a hundred percent for to get into the playoff and it, have it's more likely than not going to eliminate somebody most years um but anyway other major conferences sec is already set lsu and georgia pac-12 likewise already set utah oregon um and of course the big 10 ohio state has locked up the east and we mentioned already the axe winner gets to play Ohio State. Yep, Yay. they can take that axe and they can give it to Ohio State and say, just try and do it in one fell swoop. <laughs> Please make it clean. Yep, yep, don't miss. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire.